And I can see the zeal in everyone else's eyes as I get ready here because you know what's coming. It's a word of God. Yeah. Please, Lord, let it be a word of you and not a word of Steve. Nobody needs to hear a word of Steve. Everybody hears enough Steve, right? <laughs> He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. Amen that. All right, come on, technology. Oh, well, we'll get there anyways. Seriously, you're going to do that to me. Yep. All right. We're, we're going horizontal this morning, but um, this morning I am excited to share a little bit of, uh, of what God has revealed to me. Um, I will admit this has been sort of a, a tough week. It was sort of last minute. Um, believe it or not, even one of my biggest fears whenever I was in seminary, I'll say this. Um, first of all, I was feeling like it's a failure because I missed some on my tests. Like, I'm like, God, I just must not be called. You know, I mean, if I, if I was spirit-filled and called into your ministry, I just, I'd know everything, all right? No. It's a lie. Um, the second thing was that I'd run out of things to, to talk about. And here I am, 10 years later, and, 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 you know, just in ministry here, and I haven't run out of anything yet. God always has more. His revelation is amazing, is awesome. But this week I was struggling because I, I don't ever want to just give a message to give a message. Anybody can grab a Bible and preach from it. You know, it's not really that hard. You, you quote a verse and then you talk about it a little bit. You quote another verse and talk about it a little bit. It's not that hard, you know. Um, but my desire is always to bring a fresh word, a fresh revelation, so that it is something that pierces our hearts. And I know usually I'm preaching to myself first, you know, that, man, I, I just, I needed that. And this is one of those words that came sort of last minute, so you have to bear with me as I read through some parts, as I just kind of wrote as God revealed it. So Jesus, this morning, we just, uh, we just ask you to give us eyes to see what you're doing, ears to hear your word. Jesus, this morning, we just offer up all that we are. Our lives are yours. Just have your way. Have your way here today. And show us something new and exciting about you and about your kingdom and about who we are. Parts of it in your name. Amen. I believe this morning God wants to start off by reminding us that we were created on purpose and for a purpose. None of us were accidents. No matter what the circumstances are in which you were born, doesn't matter. God chose and he ordained that moment for you to be born and into the family and into the circumstances you are. I'm not saying that they were good necessarily, but I'm telling you that our great God can bring good from them no matter what the case may have been. And as long as we draw another breath, we have the opportunity to seek out and to fulfill that purpose. It's not going to happen accidentally, though. I know I've given so many analogies about this in the past, but you're not going to just accidentally bump into the purposes of God and, and just be, live the life that you were called to live. It takes some intentionality on our part because God gave us this tricky thing called free will. We can do whatever we want, whether it's God's will, our will, someone else's will. He will not override it. I've asked God to do it before, to just... Take things away from me, because I kept tripping up in them, but he just wouldn't do it. He was like, no, I've given you freedom, now you walk in it. <laughs> I wish he would just slap me down in his electric wheelchair and wee, you know. Instead, I got to walk in it. I got to do it. But I don't do it alone. I do it with the empowerment of his Holy Spirit within. So you still have the opportunity. You're not too far gone. You haven't sinned too much. You're not too whatever. Just shake off all those lies of the enemy. You're not too anything. God still can fulfill his purposes in and through your life. 
You were created on purpose. You're not a mistake and all your weird quirks. A lot of those were actually divine design. So embrace them. You be you and you do you, right? Well, God's you. Um, how often do we unfortunately settle for less, though? How often do we just kind of bump through life? Kind of like, I, I, I kind of got the picture of, if you've ever watched Forrest Gump, you know, that, that feather that's just floating by in life, you know? How often do we just live our lives that way? And as a result, we miss out. We miss out on the good things. That was the pick I was missing this morning. It was in my pocket. Sorry. Side thoughts. Anyways, we just kind of float through, and we just let life happen to us. And let me tell you what, that's a hard way to live life. Life is tough. Life will beat you up. You know, sometimes you feel like the whack-a-mole. It's like, you know, you get up, it's like, oh, man, well, that hurt. Let me try this. Oh, man, that, you know, you just feel that way. That's, that's bumping through life. God does not want us just bumping through life. He wants us to grab life by the reins and to, um, what was the, the, the thingy that Boba Fett tamed and rode? The rancor, yeah, yeah, if you're watching... No, I don't have any Star Wars fans. Anyways, just, okay, but yeah, yep, awesome. Anyways, that's why he wants us to live life. That thing was horrifying and scary to everyone. When you see it, you think it's going to eat you, because that was its purpose, you know, back whenever the Fett zoned it. But, um, but Bob Fett saw this, this cool creature, and that's what you are. You're not a monster. You're not horrifying. You're an awesome creature of God. You were created by God. And man, when you grab life by the reins and you live it the way it was intended, it's an awesome adventure. It's an awesome ride. Um, perhaps we can relate a little bit to this encounter between Jeremiah and God. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. In Jeremiah chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 4. It says that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, some of you may have that calling, but even if you don't, even if you're not a prophet to the nations, I firmly believe this about every single person on the face of the earth, that God knew you before you were ever even knit together in your mother's womb. He knew you and he had a purpose for you before you even existed on the face of this earth. And so Jeremiah replied, he's like, but Lord, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. Right off the bat, excuses. That doesn't sound familiar too with Moses, right? I don't speak very eloquently, you know. I can't speak right, man, I'm way too young. You know, Jeremiah came to the Lord with excuses right off the bat. And the Lord said to those excuses, he said, Don't you dare say I'm too young. You must go. You must go to everyone I send you to, and you must say everything that I command you to say. I don't want you to be afraid of them because I am with you, I am for you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. And I believe that's a promise for every single one of us today. Shake off those excuses of I can't, or I got, I'm just, well, I got to wait till this, or wait for that. You are who you're supposed to be. And if you're not, God will shape and form you to who you're supposed to be as you do what he's calling you to do. It's just how the Lord works. God is with us, he is for us, he will rescue us. Then the Lord reached out his hand and he touched my mouth and he said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. Like God's doing all the hard work. I put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Remember our series, Plants, we're still on that. The word of the Lord came to me again and he said, so what do you see, Jeremiah? And he said, I see the branch of an almond tree. 
And the Lord said to me, you've seen correctly. For I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Then the Lord came to me again, what do you see? And so I'm convinced that every single day, and it goes on, but for time's sake, I'm going to cut it off there, that we hear the voice of God. I don't know if I've ever seen an almond branch. I, I know I've sure seen a whole lot of evergreen branches and, you know, um, and, and, and hickory branches and you name it, you know. But, but the Lord had a purpose behind that. He was speaking something to Jeremiah that Jeremiah didn't see. He's like, I see an almond branch. God's like, that's right, because I'm watching to make sure my word is fulfilled. And I don't know if I ever would have seen that in an almond branch, but God did. He's constantly speaking to us. We're seeing the things that God wants us to see. We're hearing the things that God wants us to hear, but sometimes we're not hearing his voice through it. He wants to speak something about those things every single day. And if we intentionally seek out his revelation, whenever it's poured out all around us, we might be amazed at some of the things that God's been trying to speak to us all this time. I know it's happened to me several times. You know, I'd be driving up and I'm like, oh, oh, that's cool. I know that always caught my attention, but I had no idea, you know. God will speak to you. There's a purpose behind that. He wants to give you some revelation, uh, just, a, a great, just a greater revelation of who he is or who you are or something about his kingdom. He reveals himself through just about everything all around us. He's a creative God. And uh, this week I had an encounter, and that's sort of what led me to share what I'm sharing this morning. Um, most of you probably driven um, up to 10, you know, uh, out past the great town of that wood! Okay, yeah, exactly. I, I'm excited about it. Anyways, I think it's an awesome town to live in. And uh, you've driven past the Keystone Lake for miles and miles and miles, and then you come to, to the dam. Um, and right past that, it's my family, my people, my, my mom's roots, you know. But there's always this tree that catches my attention, and you can see it sort of out here on the far edge of that field. It's all alone in that field. And every time I drove past that thing, it just always caught my attention. Anybody else? Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Okay, anyways, it, yeah, it's, it's catching people's attention. Um, and, you know, I've been praying and praying and praying, asking God what I'm supposed to talk about, and then I saw this tree, and I felt like that was sort of a, a revelation of what I was to share. Drove past it thousands of times. I mean, since I was, you know, 16 and able to drive, and even before that, you know, I'd cry because I wanted to go with Grandma and Grandpaps, and Mom and Dad were mean, wouldn't take me, you know. But anyways, all my life, driven past that tree. It, I'm sure it preceded me in its lifespan. And uh, just never saw this before. There's this, this tree in the field. It's behind where Fraley's building supply used to be. Um, and it's caught my attention a lot of times lately. And I just didn't actually understand why. Well, on Tuesday this week, something caught my attention that I'd never noticed about that tree before. And it reminded me of a verse. And in a closer look, you'll notice that this tree, it, it looks healthy and whole and complete. It's this cute little, like, rounded shape, you know? I mean... Typical tree, you know, it stretches out its branches and it grows and it gets smaller as it goes up, you know, typical tree in this area. Uh, very symmetrical, very well-rounded. Well However, I noticed something else, and that is that right here, it's like the big tree trunk at some point, I don't know if it got damaged or lightning struck or what might happen, but the huge trunk part of the tree stops. And what actually causes all of this cool, like, symmetrical stuff, there's a branch that grows out and then a bunch of, bunch of branches that grow up from it. It's not the main tree that grew up to cause this part. It's branches off of another branch. And I just, I never noticed that before. I'm like, that is really cool. Okay, so what's the point? I'm like, Jeremiah with it. Okay, yeah, it's an almond branch. So what, you know? Uh, and God reminded me of this verse uh, that came to mind. is Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. Isaiah prophesied that a shoot would come up from the stump of Jesse 
from his roots a branch, and you'll notice that's a capital B, speaking of a person, that's a proper noun for those of you who failed English in, in elementary school, a branch will bear fruit. Now, trees are interesting plants. We know this full well. In fact, Job said this about trees. He said, at least there's hope for a tree. You know, he's, oh, woe is me, and oh, I did everything right, and God's striking me down. And he's like, well, at least there's hope for a tree, you know. Because if it's cut down, it'll sprout again. Its new shoots will not fail. Its roots may grow old in the ground. Its stump might die in the soil. Yet, at the very scent of water, it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. Trees are amazing like that. You can hack it down, and then you go back, you know, another year or two, and all of a sudden, nothing's growing again. We have a lot of plants on our property that are like that. You know, I thought I removed them, you know, hacked them all down, and the next, thing, next year, there's actually not just one tree, now there's like 12 trees growing up, you know, these huge shoots, and cut those down, and guess what? Then you got like 100 and some. I mean, just it never fails. They're annoying but amazing, you know, creatures in that way, the way that God had created them. Now, if one of God's creation, as simple as a plant or a tree, is resilient like that, surely there's hope for us, right? Surely we can get cut down and get tore down and get beat up over and over and over again, feeling like a dead stump with no life in us. And yet, at the very breath of the Holy Spirit, at the very scent of water, as Job put it, we can come back to life, fresh shoots budding up bearing good fruit. Surely there's hope for us, right? That if we remain rooted in Jesus, that we will rise again. We will rise again, no matter how bad things look right now. After all, that shoot that rose up from the stump of Jesse, that capital B branch that became fruitful from the roots of Jesse, we know that that was a fulfilled word thousands of years later. That person, that capital B branch, was none other than Jesus. I'm going to read through sort of the, uh, the whole description here it says a shoot will come up from the stump of jesse from his roots a branch will bear fruit and just kind of this was a prophetic word about jesus but if you call yourself christian if you call yourself by christ's name if you call yourself a disciple a follower of jesus i believe this word is about you as well the spirit of the lord will rest on him oh holy spirit come it won't just rest on us it'll fill us to overflowing right the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. In fact, he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He won't judge by what he sees with his eyes. Thank you, Jesus, for not judging the way people do. Nor will he decide what he hears with his ears. He will give justice to the poor. He will make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word. One short breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. And in that day, the root of Jesse, capital R, capital J, speaking of Jesus, here's the root. The root of Jesse will stand as a banner for all the people. The nations will rally to him. His resting place will be glorious. How glorious is Jesus' resting place? It wasn't no tomb, right, that was borrowed. That was just for a couple of days. His resting place? Ugh, kingdom of heaven. Seated at the right hand of God. 
We sang about it a little bit in Revelation song. You know, the rainbows around him. And just, man, he speaks and just everything, boom, you know, shakes anything that's not shakable. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt. We sang about Egypt this morning, all right? He will save them from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, from the islands of the Mediterranean. Even the island people are going to be saved. All people on the face of the earth are going to be called into the Lord, into the presence of God, the root of Jesse. He will raise a banner for the nations. He will gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four corners of the earth. And we know that God's doing exactly that. Israel is not a destroyed nation, a destroyed people, are they? Nor will they ever be, no matter how great their enemies are. And there's this cool biblical revelation. And I wanted to preach about it, but God said not to preach about it. So I'm just going to share about it. Read about it in Romans. We are grafted in to the kingdom of God through the promise of Israel. The church hasn't replaced Israel. The church is just engrafted into their promises. We get the good stuff, even though we're Gentiles. And most of us, I think, here are. I think everybody is, yeah. None of us are Jewish by, by birth, by blood. We are grafted into all those promises of God, in the kingdom of God. We are now his people. We are a prophetic nation, a royal priesthood, right? Love it. It's exciting. All right, so in case you're doubting that this was about Jesus, check out Matthew chapter 1, Luke chapter 3. They record the most boring part of the Bible, in my opinion, the genealogy of Jesus. It records, you know, this dude had this dude and this chick had this dude and dude. And then I just, I'm not about names and dates and places. I'm not a history buff, you know, but, but they show how the lineage, completely from God to Adam to Abraham to Jesse to David to Solomon, the whole way through to Joseph to Jesus. Even though he wasn't his earthly father, it was still fulfilled promise. I know it's kind of boring to some of us, but moving on here. But we learn that God, that Jesus carries the name and the title, and he calls himself by those, both of these names because of this genealogy. He is both the son of man as well as the son of God, born of flesh and blood and born of spirit, as we now are through the fulfilled promises. Jesse was David's father. God made a covenant with David that his throne would be established forever. We quote about it every single Christmas time, right? Friend us, a child is born, a child is given, the government will be upon his shoulders. The zeal of the Lord Almighty is going to uphold this, right? The reign of David's throne, the reign of David's kingdom, it will last forever. Jesus was that fulfilled promise of Isaiah. He is the branch that shot up from the root of Jesse. And there's so many prophetic words about Jesus and Isaiah. Isaiah 53 is another awesome one to take a look at. The fulfilled promises. No word of God will ever fail. No promise of God will ever go unfulfilled. God will always, always fulfill his word. It's not usually when we want him to, how we want him to, but he will do it. It will be fulfilled. On this side of history, we know that that prophetic word of Isaiah was Jesus. Jesus. And this should give us a hope. This should give us a living hope. Though the kingdom was divided at one point, if you know your biblical history, and, and both those kingdoms failed. We talked uh, last week or the week before about the temples that were destroyed. Um, although all those earthly things were torn down and destroyed, the kingdom of God can never be destroyed. It can't be touched. And you are a kingdom people if you've put your faith in Christ. If you've received the salvation that Jesus freely offers all of us, 
that moment on, eternal life began. You are a kingdom people. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome reality. We have hope. We have hope that even when we get cut down from worldly perspectives, we will rise again. We can hope again. We can let faith rise up in our Jesus because there's nothing too hard for him. There's nothing he cannot do. I love these, these, these sort of pictures of, of what it looks like to have a planted life. Isaiah 27, 6 says this, that in the days to come, Jacob will take root. Israel will bud and blossom and fill all the world with fruit. You're one of those fruit. Right? Jacob will take root. Israel will bud and blossom. The whole world are filled with believers, followers of Christ. It's amazing to think about. Isaiah 37, 31 to 32, which is also quoted in 2 Kings 19, 31, promises us that once more a remnant of the kingdom of Judah, the line of Judah, right? Is Judah here this morning? Oh, awesome. It's a good name. It's a great name. I love it. It will take root below and bear fruit above. Remember the message like a month ago? Good roots, good fruits. You got your roots in Christ? You're going to bear some good spiritual fruit. Not spiritual nuts, spiritual fruit, right? <laughs> we love the gifts and the uh, fruits of the Spirit. In verse 32, For out of Jerusalem will come a remnant. Out of Mount Zion, a band of survivors. A people that cannot be cut down, right? Survivors. And again, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I wish we could hear the zeal of the Lord over our lives. He is zealous for you. He will hold nothing back for you. He will see to it that your purposes are fulfilled that he created you for. He'll move heaven and earth to make it happen. All we have to say is, yes, Lord. <laughs> My life's not mine. It's yours. I was bought at a price. Have your way. He'll, he'll accomplish it all. He will take care of fulfilling his purposes. We just got to trust in him. In fact, Jeremiah 17, verse 7 through 8 says this. That blessed is the one, or blessed, if we King James it right, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots out by the stream. Now we know New Testament that there's this, this picture, this, this word analogy that the Holy Spirit is the living water, the springs of living water that come up within us, rivers of living water. But just because you plant a tree by water doesn't mean it's going to bear fruit in and out of season. That tree has to do its part too. It has to send out its roots into that water to receive the nutrients and everything that it needs. So us as well. Just because you say you're a Christian and you say you gave your life to Christ, you can say anything you want to say about yourself and it doesn't mean a thing unless your roots, you've actually intentionally grew your roots in him. Your roots are no longer in the things of this world. Your roots are in Christ, firm. A firm, firm foundation. Not like building your house on sand, right? Firm foundation, Christ our rock is. And if you put your roots in him, it doesn't matter what life throws your way. You will always bear fruit because you're always connected to the source. In fact, it goes on and says, it, oh, you already see it up here. You can read ahead of me. It does not fear when heat comes. No fear in the kingdom of God, Right? There's nothing that we have to fear. No fear. Doesn't matter what comes our way. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. 
this very prophetic promise of Isaiah. It was actually quoted by Paul as well, encouraging God's people to dare to hope again. For time's sake, I'm not going to read through Romans 15, but he is challenging the, his people to hope again, to believe again, to let their faith rise again. In fact, he's calling them to be joyful and to be at peace, even though there was no worldly reason for them to be at the time that this was written. But he was encouraging them to put their roots deep into Christ, to trust in the Lord and the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. He says here in Romans chapter 15, verses 12 through 13, and again, Isaiah says, and he's quoting the scripture we read this morning, although he didn't quote it perfectly, but that's already got the gist of it. The root of Jesse will spring up, and one who will arise to rule over the nations. And in him, even the Gentiles will hope. That's where my hope is, and I hope yours is as well, in Jesus Christ. He is the root, the branch of Jesse. In fact, it goes on, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you simply trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit Whew. wouldn't you love to be a person that you're just such a hopeful person i'm such a negative person by my fleshly design you know i just always see the negative and always whining and complain and moaning you know but in christ we can be a different person we can hope again we can hope. We can dare to hope. We can put our trust in God. And I'd love to be that kind of person that is so hopeful that hope overflows from your life. That when people are around you, they start hoping for their own circumstances as well, right? They start seeing the miraculous hand of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, just by hanging out with you. That's sort of what Paul said here, that, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in case there's any doubt... Any doubt about who Jesus was and the fact that he was the fulfillment of this prophetic word of Isaiah, Jesus confirms his own identity as the fulfillment of this promise of Isaiah at the very end of the Bible. If you flip to the very end, Revelation chapter 22. It's an awesome chapter, by the way. I love it. I love that revelation that he gave John. Jesus says about himself this, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. And this is so true. At that revelation that he gave John on the island of, was it Pat, Patmos? Or I, I, I'm bad with names again, remember? It's just as true today. The spirit and the bride says, come. Let anyone who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. The Holy Spirit is a free gift available to everyone all the time. Job said that even at the scent of water, a tree will put up shoots and begin to grow anew again, even from a dead stump and old roots. Jesus offers us more than just that scent of water. Jesus offers us living water through the Holy Spirit. Anyone who wants it, come on in. It's yours. It's a free gift. That's what Jesus just said in Revelation 22. Through the Holy Spirit, we can have life anew. We can rise up from the ashes. We can be fruitful once again. We're never too far gone. There is always hope. And we find and fulfill our purpose. The only way you'll ever feel fulfilled in life is in Christ. 
when you put your roots in him and his life flows through you to fulfill your purpose as you find it in Christ alone. The resurrection power of the Holy Spirit fills our lives. That living water refreshes our souls. It gives us peace in the midst of adversity. And it gives us a perseverance that nothing can stop us, a child of God, right? When we intentionally place our roots in the life of Christ, Although we might experience loss in our lives, although we may get cut down, it'll only serve as a pruning. How'd the Black Knight say? Just a mere flesh wound, right? That's the people of God. Doesn't matter how much they try to cut you down and tear you up and stop you, you're resilient. You will rise again. And you will rise again stronger and better. In fact, you will multiply when life tears you down. Jesus explained it this way. That pruning will make you stronger and even better. It's going to get rid of all those dead things in your life. You and I, we're carrying around some firewood in our life right now. All Zoom is weighing us down and it's, it's doing nothing good. We need to get rid of it. And so I, I close with these couple of uh, scriptures here. Most of us know this scripture. Jesus said it this way. I am the true vine. My father's the gardener. And he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. I don't know about you, but I do not want to be one of those dead branches that gets cut off. When I start my life in Christ, and that's like, meh. You just kind of go about your life. And you end up shriveling up and dying. All of us have seen dead branches on a good, thriving tree. And all that it's good for is to get cut off. Firewood, right? In fact, Jesus says that here soon. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, woo, he still prunes. <laughs> he prunes. So it'll be even more fruitful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an emotional roller coaster here, you know. You are already clean because the word of I have spoken to you. So remain in me as I also remain in you. We got to do something and Jesus will do his something. His word's always yes and amen. His word is, his promise is always true. But we got to do our part. He is faithful, but are we? We got to remain in him so that he remains in us. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear any fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me... You can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away as it withers. Such branches are picked up and they're good for one thing, to be thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. It'll be done for you. All this is for my Father's glory, that you would bear much fruit, showing yourselves and proving yourselves to be my disciples. So let's remain and abide in Christ. Can't do it on our own. If Jesus said you can do it, not do it on your own, I'm just going to believe what he says. I need him. I need my Jesus. Not just one prayer at an altar and an emotional whim. I need my Jesus every day of my life. I got to abide in him. And it's a cool promise. When you abide in him, he abides in you. When you Put your roots into him, the branch, the, the vine, the whatever you analogy you want to use. His life 
flows into you. You receive everything you need to live a good, fruitful life. And so Paul again challenges us in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 7. So then, just as you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, right? Yes, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Please save me. I'm a wretch. I'm blind. I need you. However you cried out to Jesus when you cried out to Jesus. That was awesome. That was just a starting point. As you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Stay connected to him. You need him. He kind of needs you. He purposed you. Be rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in your faith, just as you were taught. And then overflowing with thankfulness. Stay rooted in him. Stay connected to him. In fact, he said again in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and 21, I pray, and this is, this is a prayer, just receive it this morning. Put up your hands if you have to. Whatever you need to do to receive something. I pray that out of his glorious riches, whew, oh, the riches of God, of his kingdom, out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. I pray that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you would be rooted and established in love. I pray that you may have power together with all of God's holy people. I pray that you could grasp the width, the length, the height, and the depth of the love of Christ. I pray that you would know this love that surpasses all knowledge and all understanding. I pray that you would be filled to the measure, all of the fullness of God. We are praying to the one who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than all that we can ask or think or imagine according to his own power that is at work in us. To Jesus, to him alone be the glory in the church. To Jesus Christ alone be the glory throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen? He is the unstoppable God. Let's give him some praise this morning. Yeah.